Welcome to the Ministry Story Podcast. Churches have the greatest story on the planet to tell. Let's explore some ways that we can do that with greater effectiveness, impact, and excellence. Welcome to the Ministry Story Podcast. I am David Tonin, and this is episode number 10, and it's Monday, March the 7th, 2011. I recorded today's conversation... And there was so much great stuff for my guest and I to discuss that before we knew it, we had talked for almost 35 minutes. So after thinking about it a bit, I have decided to break the conversation into two parts. You'll get part number one this week and the conclusion next week. So grab a pen. You'll definitely want to be taking some notes. So let's get started. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your ministry story. My name is Anthony Coppage, and I am a uh, church media guy that's been involved with um, church technology and communications for a long time now, um, over 16 years, I guess 17 years, something like that. And uh, I now work for Fellowship Technologies, which makes uh, web-based church management software called Fellowship One. And over there, I'm uh, director of communications and, and help with the communications, obviously. In addition to that, I am uh, a consultant and work with churches on some weekends and, and help. I also speak at conferences on social media, communications, technology, and really helping pastors to connect with their staff and congregations. So it's a pleasure to be with you, David. Well, thank you so much, Anthony. It's great to finally connect voice to voice. We've been following each other on Facebook for a while, and I've been reading your blog and it's just uh, it's nice to have another voice with a similar heartbeat behind it to uh, have some conversations that maybe some church leaders can learn from. Pleasure of mine as well. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Now, one of the things I wanted to focus on today primarily is you wrote this really interesting blog post in January called The Disney Experience at Church. So clearly, you've just recently been to Disney. When was that? I was there in uh, the early February, I guess, in uh, Orlando. So it was very interesting. I was there for a conference, and uh, I got to stay at Disney and um, at uh, one of their Coronado resorts, one of the resorts there, yeah. and really experienced Disney from uh, from even before that, from booking it and the whole experience of going through and getting everything set up to arrival and their Disney Magical Express, which takes you from the airport, and they just really have the whole experience locked up tight, and I, I learned a lot from it. So I wrote about it and said, uh, I really feel churches could ex- could experience the create the experience that Disney creates, that they really have it locked up. They want to make it what you get start experiencing isn't what, when you arrive. It's before that, and then it continues while they're there, and then it continues even after you've left. And that makes you want to come back again and again. And, and you know, church, of course, every seven days, whereas a Disney trip might be a little less frequent. Yeah. But the principles, I thought, were the same, and that's what I uh, shared in my blog post. Yeah, and I love the post because uh, my wife and I took our niece, uh, who is 10 years old, uh, we took her to Disney five years ago, and I we had similar ki- kinds of experiences that you shared in your blog post. So as soon as I was reading it, it brought me back to that. And, of course, five years ago, I wasn't blogging and writing for church leaders. And so um, I just thought, this is a really good conversation to have because I learned a lot from it as a leader in my church and as a church planter. And you've learned about it uh, as a church leader. And I think maybe together we could share some of those experiences. And perhaps as a result, that'll help some churches um, just take a different perspective on what their experience is like for new visitors or first-time visitors. Absolutely. Let's dive in. Okay. Well, one of the things I liked, too, was that you started the post by saying, every church leader should make a trip to Disneyland or Disney World as a business expense. And uh, I bet you there's a number of leaders listening right now that would jump on that d- deal right away. Um, right. 
So let's talk about that Disney experience. Um, you kind of broke it up into five sort of sub points. And the first one was all about the pre-visit experience, which is leveraging the web and using user testimonials. And we've seen some of those not only on their own website, Disney's uh, property websites, but uh, they've also leveraged that into some commercials and stuff that I've seen on TV recently. So how can a church replicate that concept and why would they anyway? Well, I think answering why is more um, important than how, but let's, let's talk about why. One of the things that people want is they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves, right? They want to experience something that has more significance than their own life. And so people are searching. This is why you can see a tailgate party and have people out there up in, you know, <laughs> Green Bay. These guys are freezing out there, and it's, and it's snowing, and they're out there with their shirts off and their painted chests. And it's just like people always want to be a part of something greater uh, than themselves. Well, what better way to show what that could mean for me than to watch someone I know or someone who seems similar to me or, or just watch someone else in particular and think, wow, I would, I would like to have the experience that they've had. And so a lot of ads on television, Internet, and otherwise are based around trying to sell you a concept or an idea where a user testimony is not a concept or an idea. It's an actual experience. And so when you watch those commercials of, of the parents' Uh, home movies saying, hey, we're going to Disneyland, or it's open up on Christmas, and, and then their, their gift is, uh, a piece of paper that says, we're going to Disneyland, the kids jump up and down and scream, they're so excited. That, that's the experience, the anticipation they're already, they're already saying. And everybody can relate to that, because you want, who doesn't want their kid to be really excited about something and surprise them with something that's really neat? Well, that's a once-in-a-while kind of thing. It's an infrequent thing, but you can still have your kids very excited about going to church. You can still be excited about going to church yourself or bringing your friends. And so by leveraging these user testimonials, whether that's with home video cameras or photos or um, tweets or Facebook status updates or, uh, or otherwise, or you shoot a video with them or how you want to do that, I really believe that it, part of it is having the genuine experience expressed. And so one of my personal uh, opinions is that churches should use as often as possible real pictures of real people at their church and real video of real people at their church. There's a lot of stock imagery on church websites, so it's always these models, and it's like this perfect family picture. And yeah. man, if anybody's been around life, it's messy. Yeah. And so you find normal people actually relate better. And so you're seeing this in a lot of actual uh, retail advertising right now, but but it relates because you can understand and you can relate to that personally, even if you haven't been there or experienced what they experienced. You could emu you could um, not emulate, you could um, you could understand, you could you could not sympathize, but you could feel what they feel, you can want what, they, what they're experiencing. So if a church can leverage that, this is what it's like to be here, this is what it's like to be in our small groups, to go through this ministry, or be plugged into this group, or to uh, come to this worship event, or to go to this uh, marriage seminar, or to go on this mission trip, whatever those things are, people can relate to the desire to be a part of something greater than themselves, and serve and experience something, and maybe even uh, for the first time what that would be like for, for some visitors. So there's a real tangible benefit to that and that it's very personal. So if your website looks like a bunch of plastic people and it, that's just not who shows up, well, that's bait and switch. So I say make it look like you as, as much as you can because that is who you're called to reach. You have, a, you have a community, a demographic, and if you have multiple campuses, each one of those campuses would have that demographic. So tell a story on a campus-by-campus -campus basis if necessary. 
And Disney did a very good job with that. They set an expectation that was realistic and enjoyable and something I could understand. I think churches could learn from that. Yeah, and that's a good point. And I, I think you've covered a lot of main, really major things there. And I think we're all maybe, at least I can say for myself, I'm guilty. I've used stock photos in the past with my own personal church, um, you know, as as the web designer for that church. And, you know, at the time, it seemed like a good idea. But over the last couple of years, I've taken the same position as you that life is messy and life isn't perfect like the stock photos portray. And if you're giving um, people the impression that or if you're trying to use that type of imagery, people can spot that a mile away nowadays and it doesn't look real. And then and then they have a tendency to pull back from it because I think they realize that that you're not being as genuine um, in your original presentation to them as what you're actually going to be when they meet you face to face. Absolutely. Um. The other thing is, I'll just mention, and I'll put a link in the show notes for this, is uh, we did that for our church uh, plant. We took two people and did, created two separate little videos uh, and let them, they were just people who attended the church, um, and they told their story. They gave a little testimonial, probably maybe three, four minutes long, and uh, we recorded them just with a small little camera and put, put the video up on YouTube and then brought it into the site. And what... The feedback is that I've gotten from that experience that people have given me is that they find as a result of them being just regular everyday people, they're not even necessarily leaders in the church. They weren't the pastor or people on the board. Just having regular people share their story of why our church was um, special to them. You know, a lot of people who were visiting for the first time really connected with those folks through that process. Mm-hmm. Um. The second piece that you mentioned was your experience about arriving on site. So tell us a little bit about the arrival experience at Disney and how a church could emulate that or what a church could do that kind of uh, could match up with what Disney's provided you or provided anybody, for that matter, on their arrival on site. Right. Well, it actually started before the arrival, like I said. So when you're booking online, and, and, you're, and I, I did that, I did have a question, so I didn't need to call. I called the line, and, and they have a, have a magical day is how they ended every conversation, right, even on the phone call, and I'm not even at Disney yet. So mm-hmm. they've clearly done a good job of setting an expectation of creating the Disney experience way before you get there. And so uh, when we did arrive, of course, um, at the airport, you're getting out of the plane, and there's the Disney signage, and they've got the stuff there already, you know, showing you what you can anticipate. And it just looks fun, and it looks inviting. And, of course, they've got the signage that points you to what's called the Disney Magical Express, which are these buses that take you from the airport directly to the resort. And they really maximize this. Not too many churches are going to have this opportunity, right, no, to have a bus ministry or something like that to take them. But the point was, was made that they really created an end-to-end experience where from taking my bags, and when I took my bags, they had a little tag, and it says, okay, this is going to be taken directly to your room, and it'll magically appear there. Well, I mean, again, they're just keeping with the theme, and it was fun and lighthearted. When you're on the bus, which they're nice buses, you get on the bus, and they have a video that plays about all the things you can experience and what you can expect, and all the Disney cast of characters are there. So the kids are enjoying it, the parents are enjoying it. They even showed some old footage back when how it started, and so you hear the story from Walt Disney himself. And they really built a connection about what it was that they valued and what they were about. 
And churches should learn from that. I think one of the things we have to share is not just what we believe, but what are we about. Every church should be unique. Mm-hmm. In my consulting work for years, and I'm sure, David, you run into this too, is I've asked pastors, so what's, what's your unique DNA? What's, what makes your church unique? And almost always the answer is, is insufficient, if you will. Right. It's, well, we're this denomination, or we have great music, or we have really good Bible teaching, or we have an excellent Sunday school, or we're really a small group church. Those are distinctives for sure, but they're not what makes you unique. And so they're missing the thing. What, what I say is, is if you read where, it, 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 where people have, have gone somewhere and then they go, I didn't really, that didn't match what I expected. Like the website was one thing and I got there with something else. You have to define, show, talk about, and express what you value, what's important to you, and not just your biblical values, though they're obviously very important, what you believe, but what you're about. At, at most churches, it seems to me, and I'm going to go ahead and say most. I know that sounds um, maybe inflated, but I promise this is true. Statistically, with my, my own work of physically being in over 500 churches, I've seen a lot. And, and David, what I've seen is far and away they don't have a distinctive. They, they have lots of good things, but there's very few great things. Or the things that they, they major on are something that can be replicated easily down the street or, or around the corner. In other words, they have great music. Well, that might be a distinctive for your area, but chances are that's not what you're called to do. The calling is the vision. What did God say to the leadership of that church? It said, we, this church will be about my work in this way and do these things. And it'll be different from this church over here and this church over here, because it's going to be multiple ways that we might win some, right? Multiple methodologies. I don't think you can just have one church that's got all right. You can argue the theology all day long, and I understand that. But the principle is I want to find ways to connect with various people. And as large a country as have, even in rural areas, you're going to have a wide variety of people. And so that demographic swing needs to be something you understand. You need to know who you're trying to reach. Um, you do want to do things that you might reach some, all things to all men kind of thing, but you can't be all things to all people all the time. And that's where I think churches typically major in the art of multiplication, i.e., well, we have a woman who's really interested in this, and so we're going to make that a ministry. And next thing you know, there's 50 ministries in a church running 300. Well, that's not scalable and that's not sustainable. Hmm. Uh, what they need to major in is the art of subtraction and saying what is good but isn't right aligned with our vision, even if it's a very good thing, and how can we say no to that? So the, the arrival experience, that for going back to Disney, and same thing with church, when I get there, is what I saw on the website, what I'm experiencing, what I'm getting here, and what they said they were about, do I feel and sense that? Can I, can I see that played out, or do I, do I sense that it's just a really nice website and they really wanted me to believe something, but now that I'm here, I really don't see any um, evidence of that. Hmm. So Disney understands how to make a consistent experience by being upfront, defining an expectation, and then as often as possible, meeting that expectation. And the uniqueness side of things is the thing that that is really truly um, something that churches have to focus on. And the, I mean, there's so much about each different church that, like, each church has its own unique culture, and that comes right out of the leader or leaders. And um, always, yeah, and and it also really does come from the, for lack of better terms, followers, the people who are the members of the church. That creates a certain culture as well. And I think if if churches looked a little bit closer at what the culture is that they are and and what the people that lead them portray, that is their one of their big unique um, distinguishing values. Because what that does is it gives them a chance to really show um, what what the passion is that drives the ministry that they're doing. 
Absolutely. And in fact, I would say that um, one of the things that makes a church distinctive is, is how they execute things. But what makes them unique is their DNA. And the DNA of the church, part of it is culture. Part of it is that what God's called you to do that um, it's not a good idea. It's what you have to do. Andy Stanley says in the book Visioneering that an idea is what could be, but a vision is what should be. It's what you can't not do. And, um, and that combined with um, the community really creates a unique culture. Unfortunately, there are many churches that create a culture of inclusion um, um, where it, it really they say it's inclusion because it's, it's all this, you know, but then it really becomes exclusion because if you don't fit this and if you don't walk this way, talk this way, dress this way, do this thing, then you're not, they're not really welcome. We'll welcome you, but you're not going to really be invited. You're not going to really feel. So you have to be honest about that and, and understand what are we really about and be willing to cut even good things. I, I know North Point Church um, had a uh, ministry, 722, with Louis Giglio reaching singles. And then after he left there, um, I can't remember the name of the leader that came after him. I apologize. But basically, they looked at it after a while and said, this isn't really doing what it was supposed to do anymore. It was very successful in terms of attendance and numbers and things happening, but it wasn't matching the vision of what the church is about, and they cut it, even though it was a very good, very popular thing. Uh, that kind of intentionality is important. So the DNA has to be what you're about, your vision, your culture, infused, or a better way to say it is grafted into your community. So this is true of every church, um, including, by the way, multi-site, wherein you might have a, in a multi-site, you might have a main campus, the mothership, if you will, wherein you know what you're about. But then when you launch into a different community over here, well, that community has a different set of needs and priorities based on the socioeconomic uh, makeup. So while you have ministries that can absolutely be duplicated at both, some of them should not be, and others should be added that aren't at the other campus, because you have to graft into your local community, otherwise you're an aberration. And that's how the DNA can be really defined so that you are meeting the expectation and, and you're saying it up front, you're showing that experience, and then you're following through with what, what you say you're about, they see and believe. Right, and I think, you know, this is a really hard thing to do. It's not something to, to craft and get your head around as a leadership team. And I think maybe because it's so hard, um, churches struggle with, with actually taking the time to make it happen. It's hard, and, you know, but that's leadership's hard. At the end of the day, um, if, if you're running things based on what most people think is a good idea, you're doing it the wrong way. Hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, there's a pastor named Perry Nobles, a friend of mine in uh, Anderson, South Carolina, and they just had incredible growth. And he's a young, really bright, really um, transparent leader that I admire. Well, one of the things Perry said once that I thought was genius, he said, imagine if I'm the pilot of an airplane, and at 30,000 feet I have to walk back into first class and say, hey, guys, um, if it's okay with you as the leadership, if you will, of this plane, I'd like to ask if it's okay if I land. And if they get a good agreement among this group, then I'm going to walk back into coach, and if about 80% of them will agree, we'll go ahead and land the plane. I mean, just it's so illogical, yet that's how we run so many churches. Why would you do this? Sure, there's elder accountability and oversight, but at the end of the day, a vision has to be followed in spite of other things sometimes not just because it's a good vision, it's a good thing. You have to be able to say, we're going to create an experience that is this, we're going to be about this, and we're going to say no to a lot of good things, and that's okay. And that's intentional, and that's hard. Otherwise, it's, it, it's just a good idea. You, you have to be intentional, and it is hard. Thank you for joining us for today's Ministry Story Podcast. Feel free to post any comments you may have on ministrystory.com. Our podcast theme song 
is could this be the end of the hiding by the contact who can be found at thecontactmusic.com. Please join us every Monday for another inspirational conversation designed to increase ministry effectiveness as we share the greatest story ever told.